KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Gerrymandering has been around for centuries. Maps are redrawn in all sorts of crazy ways, looking like a snake, a duck, or sideways earmuffs. For as long as there's been gerrymandering, there have been groups and lawsuits trying to stop it. Most recently, a case was just decided by the highest court in the land. Let's talk about Allen versus Milligan. After the 2020 census, Alabama redrew its seven House districts. Despite the fact that Alabama's population is more than a quarter black, only one of the districts was majority black. Therefore, activists argued the new map diluted the power of the black vote, violating Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. The Supreme Court agreed. Like everyone else who watches this court, my jaw dropped. The Roberts Court has been responsible for eviscerating the Voting Rights Act. Dr. Susan Lee Bell is a political science professor at St. Joseph's University. She says that even though the decision was surprising in a conservative-dominated court, it made sense. The situation was egregiously offensive to black voters. And second, Alabama was incredibly sloppy in their lawyering. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In-Depth, we break down the case Allen versus Milligan. What might have affected the court's decision, and what could this decision mean for democracy? The case itself, Allen versus Milligan, kind of discuss what was argued, what was on the table here. So the case comes out of Alabama. After the 2020 census, Alabama created a redistricting plan for its seven seats in the U.S. House of Representatives. This is a Republican-controlled legislature. And one of the districts in the plan is a majority black district. 25% of voters, 27% of the voting age population in Alabama is African-American. So registered voters and several civil rights groups challenged the map because it packed black voters into one district, and then it divided them so that they had very little voting power into other districts. So the challenges went to a district court, and the district court found that, in fact, Alabama had illegally packed black voters into this single district and watered down their votes, which would be against the Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. So they were charging that this violation racially discriminated um, against black voters. The three panel district court was, you know, two of them were appointed by Donald Trump. One of them was appointed by Clinton. So, you know, a balanced group of judges. And they had agreed that those maps were terrible and granted a preliminary injunction. And then Alabama took it to the Supreme Court last year. And the Supreme Court let the maps go forward on something maybe we'll talk about later called the shadow docket. And then the case came back and was fully argued. And that's what we have today. So the question was, you know, do these maps for the seven House seats violate the Voting Rights Act? And by a 5-4 majority, the court said, yes, they do. And they have to be redrawn before the next election. So this is one of the cases, I mean, I didn't even see a lot of people putting forth arguments that, oh, well, maybe if this, like, it was almost universal, it was just what it was going to look like. And lo and behold, you get this 5-4 decision that says they've got to redraw the maps. Just as a court watcher, what was your level of genuine surprise in this decision? Like everyone else who watches this court, my jaw dropped. The Roberts Court has been responsible for eviscerating 
the Voting Rights Act. And I, I use that word not to, hyperbolically. In fact, this court has taken down sections five and four and, and this was the first time I've ever, was ever on your program, in Brnovich, the court took down section two. And here they are defending section two. It's shocking. You know, it's shocking. Now, once you step back and look at it, we can come up with reasons for it. But I, I was surprised. So to that point, what happened here? Like, why did, as you mentioned, and we were talking off the air, John Roberts has been no fan of the Voting Rights Act for decades. Brett Kavanaugh voted to let the map stand in the shadow docket. So what's cooking here? So we know that Chief Justice Roberts cares about procedure. He's a small C conservative. He doesn't like the court to look political. And he is quite aware that the way the public and the way the journalists and the way public officials are now looking at the court, they see it to be more and more political and not objective and juridical. So despite the fact that, um, you know, he's never been a fan of the Voting Rights Act, he is a fan of procedure. And this case was egregious. Sometimes I draw like fake uh, districts on the board to show students what it means to pack and crack in gerrymandering. And I make up the most ridiculous stuff just to get the point across. That's what these maps look like. I now have maps to use because they're so egregious. So so two things happened. The, the situation was egregiously offensive to black voters. And second, Alabama was incredibly sloppy in their lawyering. They were asking the court to do a very heavy lift, throw out everything that they've said in terms of precedent and procedure about Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act and adopt this racially neutral approach when there's nothing racially neutral about the Voting Rights Act. Last night before our, our interview, I rewatched LBJ giving his speech to Congress before the Voting Rights Act. And you watch the passion and you realize the voting rights were taken out of the Civil Rights Act. It was impossible to pass it with them. And LBJ is back the next year saying, we have to do this. I mean, there's nothing racially neutral. It was all about the extent to which black voters um, were excluded. So I think the egregiousness of the case is one thing. Second, his concern about procedure and how the court looks, you know, and I think there were a couple of other things in play. He's no longer the swing justice. He has to take somebody with him. And he took Brett Kavanaugh with him. And Brett Kavanaugh is, is, is interesting in that he's not a big fan of the Voting Rights Act either. But in several cases, including a, a jury trial case about excluding black jurors, he has made clear that there's one thing I won't do, which is be the justice who is on the side of outright racism. Kavanaugh is not a liberal. Kavanaugh is not a moderate. But he's a conservative who doesn't want to be a racist. Amy Coney Barrett has made clear that she doesn't like sloppy lawyering. She did not vote in this case. But there's a there's a there's an issue of sloppiness that I think came into play with Kavanaugh and Roberts. And actually, I think Justice Ketanji Brown had something to do with this. In oral arguments, she pushed on the original intent of Congress in passing the 14th Amendment. She insisted that it was in no way race neutral. She said the entire point was to like make the newly freed black Americans equal to other, meaning white citizens. And she 
read from the Joint Committee on Reconstruction report in the Congress, and the language in there, you know, is horrible. The, the legislator who introduces the, you know, 14th Amendment says that unless the Constitution restrains them, the states will, I quote, this is a quote, I fear keep up this discrimination and crush to death the hated freedmen. And she says, that's not race neutral. This has never been race neutral. So I, I think all of those things maybe came together um, in this case, the egregiousness fact that Roberts cares about procedure and Kavanaugh doesn't want to be an outright racist and the fact that Jackson is now on the court and she is emphatically making the argument for why race matters. And we've never had anything like that really on the court. We need to take a break. We will have more with Dr. Susan Lee Bell right after this. This is KYW News Radio In-Depth. And we are back on KYW News Radio In-Depth, continuing our conversation with St. Joseph's University Professor of Political Science, Dr. Susan Lee Bell. The ramifications of this, Alabama will have to redraw its map. So that would, in theory, you would think, prevent two majority black districts, which are going to be Democratic. But this has effects in other states. Like now, what happened here will be applied to other states, and we could see several other maps changed? Oh, absolutely. This has national impact. Like, even though this was about Alabama, there are currently cases being litigated in Georgia, Louisiana, North Carolina, Florida, South Carolina, and Arkansas. And then there's cases yet to be brought because populations are are changing. So what happened here? here and and this is a cautionary tale like we should be very excited about this but we should also recognize that this affected the midterm election these are many states six and some people say that there were up to 10 districts that were affected by bad maps similar to these bad maps and the supreme court on the shadow docket let this go forward so the midterm elections were affected by this and now the 2024 presidential election will have new maps. We're going to see new maps not only in Alabama, but elsewhere. So it's curious that Kavanaugh and Roberts, who have made that point previously, that, you know, some Democrats just use race as a smokescreen. They really just want Democratic voters. Black people aren't black. They're Democrats. They have made that argument. They didn't make that argument in this case. And they know that this will affect the 2024 election. And they went ahead and did it anyway. And that's the jaw-dropping part, Matt. Like, in reading this, the kind of words that are coming out of Roberts's mouth are usually the kind of words that come out of Elena Kagan's mouth in a, in a blistering dissent against something that Roberts is for. I, that's why many of us are still just shaking our heads. To that point, do you think the public approval disapproval is weighing on some minds that, well, maybe I think we should go this far, but I don't want the court to look this bad. So, and you talked about Roberts, you know, has a a worry about that, but could public disapproval be playing a part here in moderating, maybe not the justices, but some of their stances where if they were doing it where nobody was watching, they'd go further. Cynically, This would be a great case for Roberts and Kavanaugh because it's so egregious. So without really doing anything radical, uh, you know, I'll just say that this 
case means that the floor didn't drop out on the Voting Rights Act, but the ceiling has already been lowered from all of these terrible cases that, in fact, Roberts has been behind because he has really had problems with the Voting Rights Act since the 1980s when he was, you know, a, a young lawyer. So I just want to be very, very clear that people understand the ceiling is way down, but this definitely prevented the basement from dropping out. And I think that it was an easy case for Roberts and Kavanaugh to use to show themselves to be more legitimate, more respectful of precedent, not simply overturning things because there's a new member on the court. And and, and we've actually heard the justices out loud say this about the number of justices. So somebody like Sotomayor has just said, you know, everyone knows that you just added a new justice. So the idea that you guys are here asking us a question like seems kind of suspicious. But even Amy Coney Barrett, in a recent opinion on tribal rights, said something along the lines of like, don't just bring sloppy garbage here thinking that you have this majority. You have to do the work. And Alabama didn't do the work. They didn't. This is a, just a terribly argued case. So it was an easy one, I think, for Kavanaugh and Roberts to decide. It does make the court look a bit more legitimate, a little bit less ideological. And it is important. There's no doubt. Section 2 is all we have left of the Voting Rights Act. And it's good to know that it could affect elections in ways that protect multiracial democracy. Because if you divide the votes of the minority, you don't really have a democracy. And that can be incredibly dangerous in the long run. Well, if there's one thing we know about the hardcore conservative base in this country is that they don't just say, well, lost that one. Maybe we'll get them next time. Like, could Section 2 still be in peril if somebody does the work and finds a perfect set of circumstances to gut Section 2? The answer is yes. Dahlia Lithwick, who's a great court observer, said that she sensed that Chief Justice Roberts was hoping that a young Chief Justice Roberts had written the brief for this case so that Justice Roberts could deal with a real argument. And so I think your question is a really important one. We should not relax. Again, this is a cautionary tale. We know that the court won't go this far, but if it has a case that's a little bit more nuanced where the maps aren't as utterly ridiculous as this case, we will absolutely not see Justice Kavanaugh, for example, supporting it. And remember, this is 5-4 with Kavanaugh, so it's not enough for Robert ever to vote on anything. He's no longer the swing justice. He needs somebody like Amy Coney Barrett or Kavanaugh. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.